0: It's a myth that Amazon DSP is only a fit for sellers that aren't already using like Google ads or Facebook ads. Another DSP. Not true because Amazon has tons of first-party insights that Google and Facebook don't have. They also have a lot of Amazon-exclusive inventory. Hey,
1: everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Ad Project Podcast. As always, I'm Joe, and I'm here with Matt, recording our podcast from northern Minnesota. Today, what we're going to focus on is Amazon DSP and some of the common myths that we hear. We were recently at the Prosper Show and talking to a lot of different sellers about utilizing DSP and we kept getting common questions or I'll say misconceptions about DSP. So figured it would be a good time to really take a step back and kind of just talk through what some of these myths are. And then just give our perspective on them. Matt, maybe, you know, we'll we'll hop right into it. What would you say is one key item that you constantly got questions on when talking through a DSP? I think
0: the biggest myth that came up pretty much in every single conversation I had with sellers interested in DSP was what's the budget minimum. Sure. So sellers often think that there's some hefty price tag associated with DSP and you have to commit tens of thousands of dollars or even less to get going. And that's not true at all. With Amazon managed DSP, yes, sometimes they do require 35,000 or 25,000. It seems like it changes every week or month agency managed DSP though. There's no, there are no budget limitations. So it totally depends on the agency and what their minimum budget is. Some agencies like ours have no budget minimums. So we can get started at any scale, test the waters and figure out You know if it's a good fit and then how to scale it up where it makes sense
1: sure yeah and one of the reasons why we're able to do that is we're able to pool all of our clients dsp spend kind of into one account or one entity as amazon calls it that allows us to get started small the other reason why we do that is as we get people started small when i started as a seller i'd want to get started small see what the performance is and then scale up so we totally get that perspective And we're really confident in what we're seeing with DSP results. So that's another reason why we're cool with that too, is that, you know, we can get you started small, see the performance and then really scale up from there. So lots of good stuff there. And so yep. first big myth is you don't need to commit tens of thousands of dollars to start with DSP. As long as you're going with an agency um, that doesn't have spend minimums, you can start a lot smaller and then just use this kind of as like an extra piece that goes along with your sponsored ads, see how performance goes and then scale up if it's going well. Exactly. Another one that I got quite a bit is, as we've been talking to different people about Amazon DSP, another common misconception that I'm seeing is that you need to be a seller on Amazon. And that's simply not the case either. So what we can do at DSP is there's brands that can advertise off of Amazon. You can send links off of Amazon to your landing page. Or not off of Amazon, but you can send them to your landing page that's not on Amazon. For DSP, a lot of the placements are shown off of Amazon, so say if I'm going to weather.com and maybe a banner ad that shows up there, then I can have my creative, which then directs them to my landing page. So for instance, like car dealerships, dentist offices, insurance providers, you know, anything that typically like you see advertising a lot, but doesn't necessarily sell like physical goods or products that are on Amazon, you can definitely utilize DSP. And you know, some of the power with DSP is in the audiences that you can build to target those people who may not be shopping on Amazon for your products.
0: Yeah. A great example i think is ott so that's a leg of amazon's dsp and it's used extensively by non-amazon brands that don't sell on amazon major
1: brands sure sure yep so um, lots of good opportunity there and for those digital advertising marketers who are looking for a way to diversify their ad spend Like Amazon DSP is a great way to go. Like we just recently put out a post and it just analyzing digital advertising spend overall. Google and Facebook are still the major leaders, but Amazon is catching up a lot of ground or they're making up a lot of ground. And the reason is that their audiences are so powerful to find people, find customers who are really interested in your products and send them off of Amazon to your sign-up form or to other lead materials or to your landing page or your website or whatever else it is. So yeah, there's a ton of power there.
0: Totally. Yeah. I think that's kind of a good segue into another myth that I think is pretty pervasive is it's a myth that Amazon DSP is only a fit for sellers that aren't already using like Google ads or Facebook ads, another DSP. Sure. Not true because Amazon has tons of first party insights that Google and Facebook don't have. They also have a lot of Amazon exclusive inventory. So if you're an Amazon seller, like DSP is super powerful for it's on Amazon placements. Also all of its exclusive inventory where your ads appear off Amazon that only Amazon has access to.
1: Sure. Yeah, and so yeah, a couple couple things to a couple spots to differentiate. Like so if I'm looking at Google and Facebook, they all have different placements or different ad spots, supply sources that they can show their ads to. And so when there's an auction, Amazon's ads are going to get shown or Google's ads are going to get shown or Facebook's ads are going to get shown. So there's unique supply that you can get through DSP. And then there's also a very unique audience that you can get through DSP. If you look at how we try to build out these audiences on Google or Facebook, we're using insights that they've collected from the data that they get from users who are using their platforms. Facebook tries to build very solid audiences that we can use. Google does the same, um, and Amazon DSP does the same. For each platform, we get different types of data. And with Amazon DSP, what's so cool about it is that you get all this first party consumer shopping audience data that you can then combine into these highly targeted audiences. If we look at Facebook or Google, sometimes they're trying to use, say, searches or browsing history or different connections to try to figure out what people may be interested in. With Amazon, you don't even have to try to develop these complex connections in many cases because you can directly see what they're purchasing. But if somebody's really interested in sporting goods, like you know, somebody's really into mountain climbing, I'm probably gonna see a lot of different purchases going towards mountain climbing or any outdoor purchases in general. And so there's just less of this like indirect connection that you had to make with Amazon DSP audiences, but you can get much more highly or finely tuned with who you're targeting for your ads to make sure that your ads are very relevant to those people and helpful and you're showing the best products or offsite landing pages or different services that really speak to those audiences. Yeah.
0: If you're an Amazon seller, that's tuning in like those product interactions on Amazon are a gold mine of information. Like they're so effective to target conquesting, ACE and retargeting. The ads
1: perform super well compared to a Google or a Facebook. Sure, sure. So one way that I see DSP being described, which I don't necessarily agree with, and this relates to kind of another myth, is that DSP is really used for upper funnel strategies. Matt kind of walk me through what's, what's your take on that? Do you agree with that? I feel like it is a myth and there's, you can use it for both upper funnel and bottom funnel.
0: Sure. Yeah. And then maybe just to start for those tuning in that aren't really aware of like high funnel or low funnel strategies. What that means is kind of the level of granularity, how warm or cold the audience is, how familiar with your products they are, your category. They are Sure. so high funnel strategies are typically geared towards building awareness and helping people discover your brand. Lower funnel strategies are more about converting product consideration. People that have already found your product or maybe have made a purchase previously and getting, getting them to move beyond consideration into conversion. Those low funnel strategies are really, really effective with DSP. DSP isn't just for really high level awareness strategies. A good example is ACE retargeting. So you can target an audience that's viewed your product, but hasn't converted a very low funnel bottom of funnel strategy for race and retargeting would be reaching the audience that looked at your product in the last seven days, but hasn't purchased it. Then you can also move up the funnel a little bit by reaching a colder audience, maybe somebody that viewed it beyond that seven day window up to 90 days, even to try and get them back to your product listing and make that purchase. So with the granularity in, in Amazon's audiences and all the information that they have, you can layer audiences together, even like higher funnel in market lifestyle based interests with more refined audiences. But when you stack them, you can really create a narrow segment that you know, would have interest in your products. And when you use those tactics, they produce really good row too.
1: Sure. As we're looking at our strategy that we implement for dsp and just advertising in general we want to build out all segments of the funnel especially if we're going to kind of the higher funnel brand building strategies we want to make sure that we have the foundation of the house built first Um, and so where we've seen this kind of falter is you know if you just go up the funnel too fast or you start at the top of the funnel and you do these brand building or brand awareness type campaigns But then you don't have any means to, like, you know, keep interacting with them and bringing them closer and closer to purchase. And once they eventually purchase, then getting them to repurchase. If you don't have those bottom of funnel strategies already built out, then that brand building campaign is probably not going to give as good of returns. And, you know, in general, like, Yep. They may be aware of your brand, but if you don't have means to like continually to interact with them and then bring them closer to a purchase, then people are going to forget about it. And so that's one of the key items that, that we really want to hit is that if you're using DSP, what we like to do is we like to start and build the foundation first. So the foundation first is with retargeting. Um, if they purchase and it's a consumable product, let's do repurchases. And then let's try cross purchases. If we've got a solid brand and we sell very comparable products or products in the same category, and then we can start to work our way up the funnel overall. We like that a lot better because we're building out the foundation. We're proving that Amazon DSP is a solid platform that can give really good returns. And now we can really start to expand the overall base to grow that brand. And what's really fun is when you start using DSP to find people who would never heard about your brand, whether if it was not for DSP advertising, and then start bringing them in to where they become a loyal customer and they're repurchasing. So some of the, the key pieces is make sure you've got that bottom of funnel approach built out before you start going into the brand building stage. If you're selling on Amazon, part of that low funnel approach is sponsored ads and making sure that you have a really solid sponsored ad strategy, you know, a sponsor product sponsored display for product targeting and our very low funnel strategy is to make sure that we're driving to the purchase sponsor brands is a bit higher up there where you're kind of introducing them to the brand and then driving them to the purchase. But they're all, they all fall more in the lower funnel conversion type advertising. So let's build out sponsored ads, make sure that that's performing well. And then let's build out the foundation for DSP, which is some of the same targeting types, but we can get much more granular with them. And then let's start working our way up the funnel to now really expand that audience that we're bringing into the brand. Totally. Yeah. That was a really good overview.
0: Yeah, It ties into the next myth, which is DSP doesn't produce good results. Yeah.
1: yeah. So we, we got this one quite a bit too. Yeah. People who have said, all right. And it kind of ties into the first one. Yep. I committed $30,000 and we ran these campaigns, spent all the money. I didn't get any good results. As we dug into it more, it seemed like the core reason was that It went through Amazon managed campaigns and what happened is some of these top of funnel strategies got built out, but the bottom of funnel wasn't there. And so it's really easy to spend a lot of money on some of these very high level brand awareness campaigns. You can go very broad with them. I don't know. That was kind of the key takeaway that I got when talking to a lot of people who had used DSP before, do you get any different take there? No, that was a really common theme with most of the people that I
0: talked to. A lot of brands had already run DSP with Amazon, even some way back in the pre-DSP days when Amazon was calling it AAP. Yeah. They had really poor ROAS. Even when like they communicated like efficiency concerns like, "Hey, let's throttle this back. Let's, you know, let's improve ROAS. I'm not seeing the results I need to see." It seems like it kind of fell on deaf ears. I mean, it's it's so easy to target those high funnel strategies and they're massive audiences. So it's even easier to spend a boatload on them. Yeah. And if the rest of the funnel isn't there, you're just going to drive brand awareness without, you know, having a, a means of people discovering your product, considering your product and then converting. So yep. it's always best to start at the bottom where you have great results and it's easy to scale, to move up. And you can move up each level as performance, as budget and results dictate.
1: Yep, yep. So that's probably the the biggest takeaway there is if you're starting DSP, whoever you're going with, make sure you kind of dig into what strategies are going to be utilized if the entire focus is just on brand awareness or brand building. And there's no discussion about some of the bottom of funnel strategies to make sure that you're actually converting these people into buying paying customers, then I would be very hesitant because you may see the results, which we heard from many people that, you know, they started DSP, just didn't see the returns. Yep. It reached a lot of people, but nothing really happened after. And the key reason or the, the core reason that we saw is that just these bottom of funnel strategies were not built out along with the brand awareness campaign. So, so overall we covered five main myths. Matt, maybe, maybe you go through and recap them for us. what's, what's the five key myths for DSP? Sure. So
0: I'm going to like give the, the actual answer rather than the myth. So DSP does not require a hefty budget minimum to get started. Brands do not need to sell on Amazon to use DSP. It's a fit for any business. Potentially anybody has access to it through an agency or through Amazon. If you're already using Google or Facebook, DSP can still be a great fit because they have really unique insights and they have exclusive inventory. Uh, DSP isn't just for really high funnel awareness campaigns. You can start at the bottom of the funnel and see great returns that come along with those low funnel strategies. That was kind of two in one right there.
1: Yeah, I like that. <laughs> yep. So you combine four and five. Yeah. So these are all good pieces to keep in mind when you're considering DSP. And then probably the last item that we touched on a bit is that just with the way that the digital advertising landscape is shifting, we're seeing a major move into Amazon in the digital advertising space. And the key reason is that, I mean, one for like Facebook and Google. There's a lot of different privacy concerns that are going on right now, which is limiting their audience targeting abilities. So whether it's iOS 14 or other Chrome updates that are being pushed out, consumers are becoming more and more aware of, you know, how they're being tracked online and that's impacting the audiences that can be created within Google or Facebook. And so a lot more people are now shifting their focus to what some other places that we can go to run our digital ads that we're going to get good returns. And we're seeing more and more of a shift into DSP as more and more people find out about it. And so currently we're still seeing this great spot where. Advertising as a whole, it's getting really good returns because there's not as much competition within DSP. Now is a great time to really start with DSP, to do a lot of tests and trials to see what really works for your brand. It's gonna be much easier to do that now when there's less competition then when more and more people come into the space and it's going to drive up costs, it's going to be much harder to test. So if you can get yourself established on the platform right now, it could be a great way to diversify your ad spend right now. We're seeing great returns and it'd be a great time because you're getting in before the competition. So overall, we're super excited about DSP with how much we we talk about it, but we just see so much potential for both brands on and off of Amazon to really utilize the platform, which is why we've been pushing it so much. So Matt, any, any final words before we wrap this one up?
0: I think you covered it right there. Yeah.
1: Sounds good. Just a quick reminder for anybody who's listening to the podcast. If you prefer video, we do have a YouTube channel, so feel free to go and check that out. And then we're also doing a bunch of different posts, including DSP case studies, sponsored ads, and everything in between. One great spot is to follow me, Joe Schellerud, on LinkedIn. Facebook is a great place to connect, to, So feel free to reach out if you've got any questions. And thanks for listening to this episode of the Ad Project Podcast.